And welcome to this Thursday edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. It's great to be with you. And yes, it is Thursday because it is the Independence Day. And I knew that if we kept with our regular Friday schedule, we would be um, with you after the holidays. So I thought, let's do a Thursday. So here we are. And how have you been doing, Adam? I've been doing very well. Good to be here as always. All right. Well, it's great to be here with you too, as I already said, but um, I'm very excited about this episode. As anybody that's listened to the Speaking For Him podcast knows, if they have for any length of time, I really appreciate doing holiday podcasts. And this holiday is perhaps one of my favorite because it really goes to the heart of what it is what being an American and being a God-fearing American is all about. We have a great uh, godly heritage in our country, and I think that if we really examine the roots of Independence Day, we will see that, and we need to fight to preserve that. So, Adam, before we go any further, could you give us a little bit of history on Independence Day? Yes, absolutely. Independence Day, commonly known as the 4th of July, it means so much more than blowing up things and eating a bunch of hot dogs. There's such a bigger meaning to it than that. It is a federal holiday here in the United States when we commemorate the adoption of the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776. And that's when uh, we declared independence from the Kingdom of Great Britain. Now, Independence Day is commonly associated with fireworks, parades, barbecues, carnivals, again, hot dogs again, and all that great family stuff that we do and enjoying our freedom. But it's, it's also known as a, a way to celebrate our freedom. And when it all started back there in 1776. Now, historians have long disputed whether Congress actually signed the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, even though Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, and Benjamin Franklin all later wrote that they had signed it on that day. Most historians have concluded that the Declaration was signed nearly a month after its adoption on August seventh, uh, on August second, seventeen seventy six, almost a, a whole another month later, historians are kind of saying, "Hey, that's when it was signed." So not even in the month of July, and uh, not on the fourth of July, as commonly believed. In a remarkable coincidence, both John Adams and Thomas Jefferson are the only signers of the Declaration of Independence later to serve as presidents of the United States. Now, I'm not sure if you thought that. Andrew, maybe uh, others were also serving. I actually thought there were more from the Declaration of Independence that were presidents, but it was just John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, which also a coincidence, they both passed away on the same day. So July 4th, 1826 was the 50th anniversary of the Declaration. And uh, as, as, we, as we fast forward now here to today, what we celebrate with fireworks and with spending time with family and friends, and of course, once again, those hot dogs that we grill on the barbecue, it's all about celebrating our freedom, and that is how Independence Day came to be many, many years ago, starting back in 1776. Uh, yes, and it's very easy, I think, to forget about the significance of that day. And in a few minutes, we're going to actually read for you uh, the Declaration of Independence, because I think it's very important for people uh, to become familiar with their founding documents. I think it's very hard to defend a document that you don't know anything about, and it's very easy to disparage a document that you don't know anything about. 
Absolutely. And uh, I think the same thing applies for the Bible. If I can make a, a biblical emphasis here, that a lot of times people will tell us, well, the Bible says this. But then your next question to them, if it doesn't sound like it's um, in accordance with sound doctrine is, have you read the Bible? Do you know what it says? And for us, in, or, in order for us to be able to ask that question with a good conscience, we need to have already read the Bible. We need to know the source. So that when we challenge someone, have you read the Bible, we're not being a hypocrite about it. So I think that there's application both to our country and to our faith to make sure that we are well-versed, as Paul says, rightly dividing the word of truth. And when it comes to the founding documents, I think that is important on a country level as well. I remember watching an old, old show of the, or an episode of the show Monk. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with oh, that. Oh, yeah. Love but, that show. Um, but uh, the monk makes a comment that um, that the person that he knew that the person that he was investigating was on the pro- in the process of becoming a U.S. citizen, and she asked why, and he said because you're reading the Constitution, and no one really does that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I think to me that kind of in a comical way kind of hammers home one of the major problems that we're having in our country today. And I hope that as we revisit this document, it can help people to um, rethink this through and just think about their heritage and think about the importance of fighting for for what is right and for the things that these brave men, these signers who will also read the names of later, really fought for. And as you're having your hot dog and as you're watching your fireworks show and as you're enjoying your time off with family, think about the great sacrifice that they have made and that people are still making for our freedoms. So I just wanted to throw that out there, and I hope this is a blessing to you. And so without further ado, I present to you the Declaration of Independence. Declaration of Independence. Action of the Second Continental Congress, July 4th, 1776. When in course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bonds which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth at the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundations on the principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness, prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experiences has shown that mankind 
are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses, usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute deposition, depotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security, such has been the patience, sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their form, their former system of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries, usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states to prove this. Let facts be submitted to the candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance, unless suspended in their operations till his assent shall be obtained, and when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless these people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into complying with his measures. He has dissolved the representative's house repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his in invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such desolations to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers incapable of alienation have returned to the people at large for their exercise. The state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions from within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states for the purpose of obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others that encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of, of new appropriations of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their office and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and, sw and sent hither swarms of officers to harass their people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislators. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation. For quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, 
for cutting off trades with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond the seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies. For taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments. For suspending our own legislators and declaring themselves invested with the power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by, decla by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens, taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections amongst us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Not have we been wanting in intentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legis legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conquered them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consugagunini. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the restitute of our intentions, do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states that have full power to levy war, conclude, plea, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. John Hancock, 
Samuel Chase, William Paca, Theodore Stone, Charles Carroll of Carrollton, George White, Richard Henry Lee, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Harrison, Theodore Nelson Jr., Francis Lightfoot Lee, Carter Braxton, Robin Morris, Benjamin Russ, Benjamin Franklin, John Morton, George Clymer, James Smith, George Taylor, James Wilson, George Ross, Caesar Rodney, George Reed, Thomas M. Keene, William Floyd, Philip Livingston, Arthur Middleton, Button Gwintnett, Francis Lewis, Lewis Morris, Richard Stockton, John Witherspoon, Francis Hopkins, John Hart, Abraham Clark, Hosea Bartlett, William Whipple, Samuel Adams, John Adams, Robert Treat Payne, Eldridge Jerry, Step Hopkins, William Ellery, Roger Sherman, Samuel Huntington, William Williams, Oliver Wolcott, Matthew Thornton, William Hooper, Joseph Hughes, John Penn, Edward Rutledge, Theodore Hedwig June, Thomas Lynch June, Lyman Hall, and George Walton. Well, that probably wasn't the most eloquent reading of the Declaration of Independence <laughs> you ever heard, but I do um, hope that you were able to listen to this and to hear some of the passion that went into the Founding Fathers uh, writing this document, putting down their feelings. You know, they had a very detailed reason why they were declaring independence from Great Britain. If you remember uh, about 150 years before that, well, obviously you don't remember it because you weren't there, but if you remember in studying your history, you will find that the pilgrims came over in 1620, and in their Mayflower Compact, they established their colony in the name of the Lord, but also in honor and reverence to their dread sovereign, King James. So the people that originally came over to America they wanted to honor their king. It wasn't an issue of saying, we just want to leave every everything about our king behind. They endeavored to honor their king. He did not listen to them, um, and he was constantly undermining them as a free society. And so they declared independence from Great Britain and did so so that they could create a better life for themselves and ultimately for you and I. And so I, I hope that as you listened to this reading that it helped to remind you what the 4th of July is all about. And um, I'm a patriot. I love my country. And I just want to close with this. And that is that Alexis de Tocqueville said that America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. Ronald Reagan said, if we cease to become a, if we cease to be a nation under God, we will become a nation gone under. And I think folks that this is where we are. 
sadly. We are quickly becoming a nation gone under. And I don't know about you, but I don't plan on going down with the ship. I plan on fighting with everything I have to see America embrace the Christian ideals that God has given to us. Yes, the world is waxing worse and worse. And ultimately, I may be called to pay the price for my stand. But I'm not going to contribute to the problem by just sitting back and allowing things to go against the word of God. And I encourage and implore that you would do the same. May God bless you. And may God bless America. For speaking for him, this is Andrew Gomison saying, Keep serving the best 